we have our first fired football coach of the 2022 season. Which coaches do we think are on the hot seat when it comes to our small market sports teams in the South? Which teams look good and which teams are we overreacting about? How is Alabama going to fare in another trap game in reference to being defeated by Louisiana Monroe in 2007? And most importantly, who do we expect to come out on top in the SEC East and the SEC West based on our overreactions for this week? All this and more on this Friday episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. Let's go, don't wait, this night's almost over, honest, let's make this night last for what is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I am your host, Jacob Sorman, at Jake's Take Podcast, at Jake's Still 14. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network, at Variety underscore Sport underscore. You're home for all sports of varieties in all different forms. We are finally in week three of college football. It's time to get excited. And of course, we have our first firing. We have Scott Frost, fired from Nebraska, the school where he not only coached, but was his alma mater after going to a 16 and 31 record, including a one and two start. Obviously, it's one thing to get fired and know that we've seen the trend of a lot of different coaches getting fired. But with him, it seemed that the cherry on top was losing to Georgia Southern 45 to 42. That's a big blow, really, because now with this, we were talking about how Appalachian State beat Texas A&M, how Marshall beat Notre Dame. This, I feel like, was kind of the cherry on top. Now, right now, they are going to be looking for other head coaches. They are going to be looking for people to take a spot. But is the Nebraska job a super exciting position? I don't really know. I mean, look, I don't really pay much attention to Nebraska football, so I'm not really your guy. My focus is more for the South. But still, this means a lot for this team because it also shows that the, you know alumni choice isn't always going to work. It worked for Kirby, you know, when Georgia brought him back. It seems to, I guess, kind of worked for Michigan. And it also worked for, you know, so many other schools. It hopefully will work for Notre Dame, but Marcus Freeman also went to Ohio State. But still, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And I think so many people had expected it to work, Sometimes it doesn't, you know, sometimes you get the Mike Shula experience at Alabama. So where does Nebraska go from here? Right now they have an interim head coach and they're having Mickey Joseph taking over. And right now one of the main targets is Matt Campbell from Iowa State. Big reason why that could be is just based on you saw the production of Brees Hall and Brock Purdy. But still, I really think that with this, people are just kind of getting overreacted to this idea. I feel like, you know, there are so many different opportunities you could go at. I'm going to say it. Please take Bill O'Brien. Seriously, I feel like the Texas game was a big struggle for Bill O'Brien. And I know people are going to say, well, it's the receivers. No, it's still very much Bill O'Brien. I'm I'm not a fan. I thought I could be. I just am not. And I don't know how other Alabama fans feel. Now, looking at this, there are a few people who they might consider to take the place. But really, right now, it's still important to look at players or even coaches who might be on the hot seat. And dun, 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 dun. Guess who is on here? Jimbo Fisher. 
Obviously, we talk a lot about Jimbo Fisher on this podcast. Obviously, y'all know how I feel about Jimbo Fisher on this podcast. But one of the things, too, is that Jimbo Fisher has not produced at Texas A&M. He has had a few good seasons, but he's also only had really one or two statement wins. Think about it. His win against Alabama last year was a statement win. He hasn't done anything else. He hasn't capitalized on anything else. He went out, beat Alabama, and then this year loses to Appalachian State and not only signs the top-rated recruiting class, but still everything looks off. Everything looks discombobulated. And I know someone had said, well, the freshmen aren't going to contribute right away. Still, even though they aren't going to contribute right away, you need to figure out what's going on in the locker room. You also had players like Anaya Smith get arrested and then you didn't handle that correctly. So really, I think here, I could see Texas A&M finding a way to either, you know, buy out Jimbo's contract or put him on the hot seat or kick him out because I could see it. You know, he hasn't produced. And that's the thing in the SEC too. You have to produce or you're going to be gone. Just ask Dan Mullen, just ask Will Muschamp, just ask Ed Ogeron. There are so many coaches who get kicked to the curb because they can't produce. Obviously, it's hard because you are in the same conference as Nick Saban and Kirby Smart, but also you have to see how these coaches work and what they do. I'm not going to say that the whole SEC is going to be Nick Saban disciples. That would be awesome one day. But think about all the coaches and how they compare to one another. It's people here in this society and in this division that make this coaching search work out much better. Another coach that might be on the hot seat is Eli Drinkwitz. Now, I know we don't talk about Missouri that much in the SEC East, but still, right now, he hasn't produced a really good record. He's 12-13 and at Missouri, and that's pretty bad looking at that. Also, I know that with this... I feel like it's going to be hard because he is in a division that is not only competitive, but he's in the SEC East. You know, Georgia looks great. Kentucky looks great. Florida, I'm hoping after their loss to Kentucky will still look good. And then Tennessee looks pretty good too. So I feel like they might show him the door sooner rather than later because right now it's year three. And in this, you know, they might not be as patient. Once again, it goes into the whole idea of win now when it comes to the idea in the SEC. But really, I think right now, the main coaches that need to be prepared for coaching for their job, Brian Kelly, I know it's still super early, but still, he hasn't looked super dominant in some of his games. And then also, really just Jimbo. I mean, this game against Miami is going to be a trap game because right now, Mario Cristobal is going to come in there and he's going to play the game he way, the, the way he knows how to. And that's what we just have to kind of prepare for because at the end of the day, Jimbo could finish this trip one and two. And that's what's scary to know that he might start the season off one and two. Do I think it's going to happen? Not necessarily, but still, you have to be prepared for really anything. And speaking of being prepared for anything, Alabama welcomes University of Louisiana Louisiana Monroe. Now, if you were a Alabama fan or a football fan in 2007, Alabama was upset by ULM. Now, I'm not saying that that might happen again, 
But if you were an Alabama fan or if you still are an Alabama fan, it is a pretty, you know, scary time because that is actually the game where many people trace back to Nick Saban getting his team ready for this decade of dominance. Think about it. In 2008, Nick Saban only lost two games. 2009, he wins the national championship. 2010, he loses three games. And 2011, national championship. None of that happens without the 2007 season where they lose to Louisiana Monroe. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I really hope it doesn't happen because I can't take another week of stress or heart failure or fill in the blanks with any kind of health backlash. But I think with this, it can really depend. It can really happen or we will just have to see. I think with this team, there is still a lot of question marks. Louisiana Monroe is going to be a team where hopefully Alabama gets stuff figured out. But I also think with this, you know, it could also be very much like a Citadel game or Georgia Southern where they might think they're being too cocky and kind of get trapped. Now it's going to be some time where we preview this week of games. So obviously we talked about Louisiana Monroe, Alabama. The next game I want to focus on is Georgia-South Carolina. Now, it's been a while, but these Georgia-South Carolina games used to be very intense and usually would come down to the wire. Georgia's obviously going to be picked to win, but I do like to see what Coach Beamer's doing there. I feel like Spencer Rattler is looking a lot better. They you know put up 30 against Arkansas, but still, I feel like Georgia's going to come out on top. Kentucky-Youngstown State, I feel like Kentucky's got this one. If they don't, then we should not rate Kentucky in the top 10. Missouri, Abilene, Christian. I already have mentioned how Eli Drinkwitz might be coaching for his job, but I think with this, I have faith that he'll get it done. Ole Miss, Georgia Tech. Right now with Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin needs to figure out who's going to be the starting quarterback. I know that he's doing that two-quarterback system, and sometimes it can work, but really, I don't think it can. I think he needs to choose one and then go from there moving forward and just stay with one quarterback. Like I said, Alvin tried it. It did not work. Don't try it and do that. It's not going to work. And I choose almost for that. Next up, we have Penn State-Auburn. I like this new Penn State-Auburn rivalry. It reminds me a lot of the Alabama-Penn State games back in the early 2010s. Obviously, Penn State is favored. I know I graduated from Alabama. I know that I'm going to feel a certain way towards Auburn. I have Penn State winning this, but I also can see Auburn making it interesting. TJ Finley does look pretty good, but I also know that it can really depend on what Brian Harson does. Sometimes the game plan is there, sometimes it's not. So you will just have to see, but I have Penn State winning here. Vanderbilt, Northern Illinois. Sorry, Vandy, but I've got Northern Illinois winning on this one. Mississippi State, LSU, one of the first SEC West matchups. I swear, usually I feel like these are later in the year, but still exciting. LSU is having a hard time right now with Brian Kelly. This might be a game where he can prove himself, but Mississippi State, I feel like the air raid can just do some numbers on LSU. And we all remember in 2020 after LSU won the national championship, Mississippi State playing a dominant game. I have Mississippi State winning this game. It might be close, but I think it also can come down to Will Rogers and him just doing a lot more for the team. 
Arkansas, Missouri State. Arkansas is ranked number 10. Arkansas looks good. KJ Jefferson looks good. I think that with Arkansas, they're going to come out on all cylinders firing. They're going to do great. I'm also kind of nervous for this Arkansas-Alabama game. Tennessee-Akron. Tennessee did have a tough game last week in regards to their performance against Pittsburgh. Look for them to take it over against Akron. Look for them to have a more complete game. I think that's something to be proud of and be excited for. Florida, South Florida. Florida came off a heartbreaking loss to Kentucky. They want to take it out on their school in Florida. That is not Florida State. Look for them to do that. Obviously, Miami, Texas A&M. Now, ESPN has Texas A&M favored, but I don't. I just have not seen enough from this Texas A&M team. Maybe things will be different, but right now I have Miami as a bit of a, I don't want to say upset because their range higher, but more of a shock. And then looking at the ACC teams, that is something I want to try do now because we are looking at teams in other conferences too. Obviously, we've got Louisville, Florida State. ESPN app is telling me that I should pick Florida State. I'm going against that. I'm going to pick Louisville. I feel like Louisville can get things together and create a way to look good. So I picked them for that. And obviously, we talked about Georgia Tech already. Wake Forest already. I got Wake Forest. They're looking great. They're in the top 20. I think that they can continue to do wonderful things there. Clemson, Louisiana Tech, picking Clemson, Louisiana Tech, I just don't think can compete with them. And let's look at the Sun Belt. Now, usually I don't look at the Sun Belt, but when it comes to games, especially last week, it's very important that we consider all avenues. And I think with this, it's really important to look at the Sun Belt because Marshall and Appalachian State had a very dominant game. Now, obviously, I want to focus on South Alabama, UCLA. Now, I'm from South Alabama. I'm from Mobile. As much as I would love for South Alabama to pull off this upset, I don't think they can. Troy and Appalachian State, I'm picking App State because as a fan of South Alabama, I just do not like Troy. I'm sorry to everyone who is a Troy grad who listens. Not really. UAB, Georgia Southern, I'm picking UAB. Look for them to find a way to find redemption after their most recent loss. Memphis, Arkansas State, I'm picking Memphis there. Southern Myth, Northwestern State, ooh, that's going to be a tough one, but I feel like I've got to go with Northwestern State. And then when it comes to Louisiana Rice, I'm going with Louisiana. Right now, we've got an exciting slate of games. Everyone get excited because, you know, the upsets are here. It's a lot like 2007, where we had a lot of teams just lose each week. So it's going to be either really exciting or really terrifying, because there are going to be so many different teams playing, and we don't know who's going to win or who's going to lose. Now it's time for some overreactions and some underreactions. Now looking at the top 25 poll, obviously Alabama slipped to the number two spot. Like I said, I think it was deserved. I think we played awful, and I think that's just the right idea for right now. Then you look at the rest of the top 10. Kentucky's at 9. I think that right now, Kentucky jumping up 11 spots is a little too generous. I don't know the last time when Kentucky was ranked in the top 10, but I also think that they're going to need to play against Tennessee and Georgia before they look more complete. 
Arkansas right now, Arkansas is going to play Missouri State, and then they're going to play Texas A&M and then Alabama on October 1st. I think with Arkansas, they're looking good. Are they worthy of a top 10 spot? I'm going to say yes. You thought I was going to say nope. Nope, I think they are. It reminds me a lot of that Bobby Petrino era. Bobby Petrino, good head football coach, terrible person, like awful person. We'll do an episode on that later on. But looking at these past two games, you know, you defeat Cincinnati by a touchdown. You defeat South Carolina by two touchdowns. They're looking good. Their ultimate test is going to be Texas A&M and then Alabama. But you have to remember that last year they held Alabama to win the game by only one. Alabama only won the game by a touchdown. I can see something like that. My biggest question really here is why is Tennessee number 15? I don't think I've seen enough. They had one great game then with Pittsburgh. Really, Pittsburgh just kind of blew the lead. Aside from that, I don't think like I've seen enough. Now, putting Florida at number 18 is pretty generous, but putting Baylor at number 17 is uncalled for. You lose to an unranked team, and you should not be in the top 25. Same goes for you, Texas A&M. Now, I really think that right here, one, oh, that's, that's amazing, because Appalachian State actually received votes to be there. Yeah, take out Texas A&M and put Appalachian State there. I mean, my favorite analyst, Rich Eisen, went to Michigan, and he gets so much grief for going to Michigan, especially after Appalachian State beat them in 2007. Well, now we can swap that out for Texas A&M. Really, I think right now the biggest overreaction here has to be Baylor in the top 25, Texas A&M still being in the top 25, Texas 21 actually kind of makes sense because, you know, they did play really good against Alabama. And then I'm going to say it, Kentucky at number nine. Those are my biggest overreactions. Now, my biggest underreactions here has to be that Auburn gets some votes to be in the top 25. If Auburn can go in and upset Penn State, then go for it. Put them there. But we still need to really just see kind of what can happen. Same with... Appalachian State, Mississippi State. But right now, I think that with these teams, it looks pretty good aside from Texas A&M being still ranked, Baylor still being ranked, and Kentucky being in the top 10. And who do I think is going to come out on top in the SEC East and the SEC West? My mind is still very on the same page that Georgia is going to come out on top. I think Georgia is just way too ahead of Kentucky. I feel like Kentucky can't really compete. I can see Kentucky being number two, number three. And then with Florida also kind of being number two, number three. Same with Tennessee. It's going to be a three-way tie. Those three teams are going to dictate who can be number two. And then you look at Alabama and the SEC West. I still think Alabama is going to come out as the SEC West champion. But I'm also looking at Arkansas maybe Ole Miss, and maybe, maybe Texas A&M. But, like, that's a big asterisk. If Jimbo loses this game next week, then I'm taking them out. Right now, I know that Arkansas-Ole Miss, those are going to be two very good games against Alabama. I could see any of those three making it to Atlanta for the SEC champion. 
chip, but I also could see that really anyone could there. It's only week three. Everything is so up in the air, but I wouldn't be surprised to see that there's so many teams that are playing to make it to not only to Atlanta, but also to make it to the playoffs. But that is going to do on this Friday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the love and support. As always, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Jake's Take Podcast, or my personal Instagram, Jake's Still 14. You can also find us on TikTok, at Jake's Take Podcast. I know I'm trying something new, just trying to wait and see. I did want to pass along my thoughts, prayers, and feelings for the Queen's family. Obviously, we all know that Queen Elizabeth had just passed away. But I did just want to send some support out there. She was a terrific leader, and we were so thankful to be able to see her reign for such a long period of time. So I just wanted to thank her for all that. And as always, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Amazon. We're basically on all platforms. Once again, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore sport underscore and you can find us on Spotify, Apple, and our pod page. I'll link those in there too. You can find us basically everywhere. So I'm excited for that. And most importantly, thank you so much for all the love and support. I couldn't have been growing without all the love from everyone here. Like I said, next week's episode is going to be a breakdown of football. So we're going to look at some old games. We're going to look at to see how our teams did and then kind of just see what we can do to continue to grow because we are in an exciting period and there's going to be a lot more content. So get excited. Be sure to share this with your friends. Drop a like, drop a follow, subscribe. Let me know if there's anything you want me to discuss on the show. And as always, as always, as always, create adventures, make smiles, be the best version of you you can be, have fun, enjoy life. And as always, I will see and hear from you all later. Take care.